Hi. Hi. Hello. So, guys, <laughs> welcome fucking back. Jesus, <laughs> we need to get our shit together. You know, we're just, this is how we wing it. Not well, but it's how we wing it. You guys should see us right now. We are cuddled up. I'll make Chris take a picture of a us. Blankie. Let's see if I can. I don't know. I don't have long arms, but we'll try. You just keep talking. Okay. Awkward pause. Sorry, we were taking a selfie s- moment. We'll make Chris do a picture. <laughs> As he walks into the fucking room. Hey, will you take a picture of us when you're free? Yeah. Say hi, Pod. Say hi, Pod. Hi, Pod. Hi, Pod. We probably Man. shouldn't have hit record. <laughs> Shit, we just wasted 40 seconds taking <laughs> selfies. Hi, guys. Man. Oh, shit. As of today at one, I am done with my spring semester. Dude, that's fucking amazing. How do you feel? Dead inside. It should have been done last week. <laughs> like you should take a couple shots and call it a night. Honestly, and I'm not on call anymore. So I'm just saying you're lucky I'm I'm sober today. <clears throat> Tomorrow's another story. We don't have to talk about it right now. Oh, wait. Tomorrow is another story. Um, okay, hang on. Brief pause again. Well, let's wait till Chris says he's ready because oh, I don't okay. Why um, why is tomorrow another story? Okay. You're the one that said tomorrow's another story. Oh, and then you said tomorrow is another story. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I thought that was going somewhere. I'm, I'm taking I'm taking this shit day by day. <laughs> this is just how we are right now. This is life. Yeah. Yeah. So we missed last week. We had some shit going on. Em had a couple finals to finish. Um, and we just didn't have our shit together at all. The shocker. <laughs> like we knew what we wanted to talk about, but it was just not going to happen. Our schedules are. Oh my god! What is oh. wrong with my hair? <laughs> I look like a wow. That goes nowhere. No, it's definitely going on the gram. Oh, shit. Yeah, when you guys uh, see this photo, you will understand. <laughs> I look homeless. What is happening? I look very homely in that picture, so just nobody judge me, okay? What or is- do. What the fuck ever. I'm not going to know. What is happening? Do we restart? <laughs> no, we just keep going. Um. Okay. So, yeah, we missed last week. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> This is our fucking life. <laughs> so I can't. And what have you been up to? Not a lot. I cut my hair off and dyed it red. And it's fucking gorgeous. You look so hot as a red. Thank you. You're like the hottest ginger I've ever oh, seen in my life. You need a little more slack on your blank. I need some banky. Thank you. I'm, I I'm a little it. ginger. A little gingy. Um, some blonde highlights, some strawberry. Someone at work told me the other day that it almost has like a pink sheen to it. And I'm like, Ooh, okay. I'm here for that. Yeah. I don't know. I love it. Well, and so then I did a thing. <laughs> I did a couple things. You did exactly <laughs> three things. Exactly three things. I got a new tattoo. Oh, four things. <laughs> Wait, what's the other thing? One, two. Oh, I got those as one. Mm, yeah. okay anyway i got a new tattoo to kind of symbolize my growth and rebirth in life and i think i'm just gonna leave it at that anything further i feel like would be kind of a dickish move but that's what i did i got a new tattoo um i got my nose pierced and i got my nipples pierced how are your nipples mm. good they hurt for like the first two days and now like if i hit them on something really hard they hurt but otherwise like they're healing really nice very happy for you thanks now you all know about my nipples. 
Not that you wouldn't have, because apparently it shows through every fucking shirt I own now. So <laughs> that's an issue. That does sound like a dilemma. It's <clears throat> fine. I like them. Like, they're so... So when we were sitting there, how many people were like, oh, my God, they're the most empowering piercing I've ever had, ever? Yeah. Like, sitting there, and there was a girl who came in, and she's like, I'm having a mental breakdown. I need my nipples pierced. And everybody looked at me. I was like, fuck. It's your turn. Yeah, so I did. Your nose ring is cute. I fucking love it. I like the little hoopy in there. Mm-hmm. I love. I love, I love, I love. <sighs> we were at the tattoo shop today for, like, four hours. Yeah. I feel like that's just our new hangout. Yeah. Coven shit. Coven shit. Ooh, so we're in a coven. We can't talk much about it. Or Are, can we? Is it? I am very comfortable with it. However, it's not, I don't deal with the backlash. <laughs> I don't think any of us deal with the backlash. We did not assign the coven title. It just was granted to us. So I think that makes us. Which is like. Even more of a coven person, thing. The person who granted it to us, that was the nicest thing that they've ever said about me. Well. Because like, yes. That's exactly what we wanted. Thank you so much. <laughs> so much shade right now. Coven, coven shit. Coven shit. And I'm we, a fucking witch. We have been owning it. So like anytime any of us are together, even if it's just two of us, it's like coven shit. Coven shit. <laughs> coven shit. Did you know? So when we were getting the tattoos, Adri's like, I'm going to come in tomorrow and I'm going to get my coven tattoo. And like Autumn and I kind of looked at each other and we were like, what are you talking about? Like... Are you just like making things up? Are you and Chelsea talking about things and not oh, telling shit. anyone? She's talking about the three dots. Yeah, I know that now. Well, because like when and so now all of us are getting it. Did you know that? Well, because when Autumn I, is tattooing herself, that's fucking amazing. Tomorrow. Oh my god. Well, because when when she did my tattoo, she's like, this symbolizes the coven. I was like, perfect. And so I told Adrian, she's like, we should all get one. And I guess I just was like, yeah. And then my mom was like, I'm getting one too. So it's just three. So three, now we're all getting coven tattoos. It's just three dots. And I'll tell you, like, we didn't, like, we were all kind like, we were all friends. It's not like we weren't friends before. But as soon as that was like, you guys are in a coven, it's like, we got so close so fast. And we all just owned it. It was like, yeah. Yeah. And we take care of each other. Like, <clears throat> damn straight. So. Coven loving. We're all going to get, like, little coven tattoos. Three little dots. That's all they are. And they're tiny. I don't know where I'm going to get mine. I was thinking about, like, behind my ear or something. Oh, cute. Cute. I don't know. Let's not spoil it all. Are you okay? Are you startled? We should make a coven episode. Okay. Excuse me. <laughs> anyway. What's so, happening? It's May! It's gone it's May. May. Oh. That was stupid. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. Ooh. It's May. What, what is, is May? May? Mental Health Awareness Month. Mental Health Awareness Month. It was really cool. I won a fancy award me about it you were there tell no. <laughs> tell tell the world about it so i was honored with beacon's first ever um champion award for mental health and so beacon is the behavioral health education center of nebraska um and so i was nominated by a, a former colleague and i knew about the award back in october but because of covid we couldn't celebrate it so they just mailed it to us um, and my former boss is an angel and she's like, we really want to highlight this for you and like make this a big deal. So can we present it to you? And so they did, they presented it to me and I thought it was just going to be like me and my former boss, but no, she made it like a big thing. And I walked through the door and she's like, do you need anything right now? And I was like, yeah, to have a fucking anxiety attack. Cause you're all clapping at me. <laughs> like mm -hmm. I walked through the door and everybody was, 
I was like, I'm going to have a panic attack. We'll right have now. to post a picture of it on the gram. We haven't been very good about posting our episode reminders on the gram. Dude. So we'll put our tats. No tits. You better start fucking writing this shit down. Like all the stuff we need to post because we say this and then like. So the we'll put our tats. Oh, God. Lucy, you scared the <laughs> shit out of me. Oh, my God. She just put my whole fucking finger in her mouth. <laughs> Lucy is no boundaries. She literally came up between my legs and stuck my whole finger in her <laughs> She's mouth. like, um, <laughs> this is like a fucking Cheeto or something. <laughs> Speaking of Cheetos, my sister-in-law sent me a video today of a bag of Cheetos that she was eating. You know, like, yeah. Okay, just like imagine a Cheeto, right? A crunchy one. Sure. Not the puffy one. Crunchy. Mm-hmm. A bag of Cheetos, okay. right? Of normal looking Cheetos. Yeah. And within the bag. I can't. I'm is, nervous. Is a Cheeto <laughs> much, much, much darker <laughs> than the rest of the Cheetos? It's like a burnt Cheeto. I don't know if it was burnt. I don't know if it was a turd. It looks like so. This is like the bag of Cheetos. This was the one oh Cheeto. My God, so she got a burnt Cheeto. I don't know. She sent me a video and she was like, I just. I can't. I can't finish eating it. Oh, fuck it. You just take the burnt one out and you eat the rest. How do you know it was burnt? I'm making shit up, but I don't play with my food. Like, if it was only one, you fucking take it out and you just keep eating. And the whole bag is, like, contaminated Whatever. with, like, fucking virus X I or something. I would fucking either be patient zero of the zombie apocalypse or I would die happy because I had a fucking bag of Cheetos. With a contaminated Cheeto. Whatever. Anyways. Happy mental health awareness. <laughs> shit. <laughs> What are we going to talk about today? The stigma. stigma. Break, breaking the stigma. Breaking the stigma. Ew. <laughs> no, go back. No, go, back. No. go back to that. Fuck off. Get a life, Emily. So, like, you know when you clear out your abs? <laughs> Chelsea just did that, and hers was on Snapchat. But, like, she closed Snapchat when the camera was facing her. So, the- <laughs> there's, like, that awkward selfie that has, like, 7,000 chins. <laughs> oh my god okay so what have you done this month so far i know it's only the 10th yes we are recording the day before it's fine um what have you done this month so far to celebrate commemorate how do you say that word commemorate commemorate sure mental health what are you trying to talk about (laughs) what have you done so far this month to um celebrate mental health awareness month my fucking job that the award oh yeah that sea hill we let oh you didn't go i didn't go but you guys said talk about that um so every year okay sorry i don't know what just happened um in our town we have a big old sea on a hill <laughs> it's called sea hill it's the name sea hill um and so me and like other mental health professionals there was a lot of youth there which was awesome um other hospital employees um just like a lot of different people had these green lanterns and we walked up to sea hill and lit up sea hill and it's still green mm-hmm. yeah i think for the entire month so that's awesome that you guys did that we actually like i took the kids up there and we hiked the other day and ev- it was like so cool for them to be so excited about the green lights and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I really honestly, like, I haven't done a whole lot, which is probably not good. Um, But I've really been, like, I've been super absent on social media unless I'm on there for, like, 15 seconds and then I share a bunch of random fucking quotes. 
Um, but like I've been super absent on social media. I've just been like kind of in my own little world doing my own thing. Not in like a bad way, but like I just have been absent <laughs> from the world. I think recently you've been standing up for yourself a lot more. Like you you've been like advocating for the fuck out of yourself. I feel like I'm just at that point that I have to like, yeah. like I'm so good at cramming down my needs and putting other people ahead of myself. Cause that's just what I do. Um, so for the first time, I think in my 31 and a half years of life, I'm prioritizing myself as you should. It feels weird and selfish. Don't let it. But here we are. I kind of fucking like it. Do it. Nipple rings make me ballsy. Apparently they do. Assertive as fuck. <laughs> Let's talk about stigma. Okay. What is stigma? Do you have a definition pulled up? I do. <clears throat> Let us get serious now. Mental health stigma refers to the societal disapproval or when society places shame on people who live in who live with a mental illness or seek help for emotional distress, such as anxiety, depression, bipolar, or PTSD. Etc. 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 So essentially, like stigma is just that negative perception that people have about mental health and mental illness. Mm-hmm. So until recently, and even with a lot of people, even the word mental health is such like a hush hush. Like shh, we don't it's, talk about it's that. It's taboo. And honestly, I wish I could say that I understood why, but I don't fucking get it. I think just because it's been one of those things, and I look at like generationally. So if I look at my grandparents, like they didn't talk about mental health. You just like nut up and shut up. Like if you had issues, those stayed at home and then you went in the world and you crammed everything down and that's how you dealt with it. Mm -hmm. And just recently within the last 10, 20 years, we're getting more progressive with how we're talking about things and mental health is becoming more and more prevalent. We're having more and more issues. Mm -hmm. And so as those issues increase, obviously the conversations have to increase. Right. Cause truthfully, like, I mean, if you're not talking about mental health and you're not acknowledging that it exists, your problems are probably way worse than if you're talking about it. Yeah. I think there's a lot more behind stigma than like, like the, like the definition I just read was like, it was, it's shame is it's shame that society places on people who have mental health problems. Yeah. But like, it's so much more than that. Like it's language. It's like the action of seeking help. It's like everything. When I say language, the first thing that pops into my head is when people say committed suicide. Yeah. Or, I mean, like, it's it sounds like it's a crime, you know? Yeah. And it that's, I think, what is what stigmatizes it so much is that, like, if you say committed suicide, automatically first thing in your head, crime, therefore mental health, bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and if you think about, like, the process of hospitalizing somebody who is suicidal. Right. Law enforcement gets involved. Sometimes there's handcuffs. Sometimes there's leg shackles. I mean, it is very, like, criminalized. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't, you know, we have awesome law enforcement here. So I don't want anyone to think, like, we're saying bad things. Because our law enforcement is fucking fantastic when it comes to that. They are so kind and so, like, you're not in trouble. We're just here for you. This is just the process. Um, But it's not like that everywhere. And it's not like that with every officer. But that stigma, it's not necessarily just shame. It's those, hi, Daisy. It's those stereotypical behaviors. It's those assumptions that people make about other people. Like you said, the language in the world of suicide used to be, oh, they committed suicide. So they committed a crime. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it changed to completed suicide. Mm -hmm. And now they've moved even further to that person died by suicide. Right. Um, Just to make that language more inclusive, because truthfully, mental health issues are illnesses. These aren't things that people can control. They're not things that people are choosing. Um, when you say language, the other thing I think of is like, oh, that person is so bipolar. 
Right. No, no, no. That person is not a bipolar. That person has bipolar disorder. Or like if someone has trouble focusing, they're like, oop, ADD. <laughs> yeah. Like, and you're like, no. <laughs> right. Don't say that. No. You know? And if people are really going to be like, oh, I'm so depressed. No, no, no. You're having some sadness. People who have <clears throat> depression, it's a very different clinical diagnosis. Um, and so I think about that person first language. You know, a person is not their mental health. If somebody has cancer, you don't say, oh, you're cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, unless you're talking about their zodiac sign, like you're never going to be like, oh, you're a cancer. Yeah. That's no, no, no. That person has cancer. And it's the same thing with mental health. But that stigma makes it like, oh, they're bipolar. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. They have bipolar disorder. And so that when you say language, that's what I usually think of. Yeah. But um, another thing about stigma is that it can lead to discrimination. And when we talk about discrimination, like there's two different types, obviously. There's the type that's overt and it's just straight up outward, verbal, and a negative remark. They don't even try and hide it. Nope, it's intentional. But then there's the implicit <clears throat> sort of discrimination, which is more unintentional and subtle. And usually that comes from like messages we've been taught throughout our life. And those things are super, super dangerous. Um Some of those things that, you know, when you think of somebody who has a diagnosis like schizophrenia, they've often been um, portrayed by the media as like violent or crazy or manic. Straight jacket. Straight jacket. You know, you think about those things and that just, it kind of fuels that stigmatized vision that we have of people with mental illness. I work with a lot of people who struggle with schizophrenia and you wouldn't even know if you didn't talk to them. Right. Because a lot of that struggle is silent. Mm-hmm. you know well and that's the whole thing with mental illness too is that you don't see what's going on inside your brain and your and the chemical imbalances in it like you can a fucking broken leg mm-hmm. you know yeah. and like that that's another thing and i write i remind my clients of that a lot is that you take if, if you were a diabetic you would take insulin you would take medicine for that and you need to do the same for your mental health because it's just as important yeah my favorite thing is when people <laughs> refer to mental health as brain health Yeah, because it is. It makes it a little bit different. And what really irks me is like, we don't want to talk about mental health as an illness. However, in the mental health world, they want us to use medical models. Right. How the fuck am I going to use a medical model if you're not going to acknowledge this as like a community community health problem? Yeah. But you want me to use a medical model to treat it? You know, so there's, there's just certain things that aren't consistent. So some of the harmful effects of stigma... Reluctant to seek help. Oh, geez, my words. Hello. It's definitely nine o'clock at night. (laughs) No one needs to know. They already know. (laughs) They can hear it in her fucking voice. Fuck. I don't know. Maybe the first like 10 minutes wasn't a dead giveaway (laughs) of us literally just giggling. Nine o'clock at night on Monday. And this comes out, what, 5 a.m. on Tuesday? Yes. Um, Reluctance to seek help or treatment. And another harmful effect lack of understanding by family, friends, coworkers. Fewer opportunities for work, school, or social activities or trouble finding housing. Bullying or physical violence or harassment. Health insurance that doesn't adequately cover your mental health treatment. That's a big one. Yeah. There's a lot of mental health providers that just don't cover the necessary care that's needed to treat the mental illness. They'll, they'll cover like the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. But sometimes that's not enough. And people have to really fight to get their mental health treatment paid for or Mm -hmm. uh, at least assistance in it. Yeah. Yeah. And this last one, what website is this? The Mayo Clinic This is one of my favorite websites. The belief that you'll never succeed at certain challenges or that you can't improve your situation. That's such a big part of that stigma is just kind of believing like, oh, well, I have this mental health condition, so I can't do X, Y, and Z. Right. Well, oh, well, no, 
<laughs> You're okay. Keep going. I'm thinking about the second, I believe it was the second point on there that said lack of understanding from friends and family, which is hard. That's one of the hardest things about mental illness. But I, I, I might just be playing devil's advocate here, but like, do you blame them? Who the, the family and friends for not understanding? No, because Cause, like I said, I mean, it's invisible, right? How do I expect you to see the chemical imbalances in my brain? You don't, even if you do know someone struggles, like you don't know to what extent that is because they can only be sharing so much. When you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. I had this conversation with a client the other day. It's like, it's so hard to describe to someone what a panic attack feels like. It, what are you doing? Lucy's gained weight. I didn't. I, I want to lift her up. Oh my God, Deuce, what happened? She's <laughs> She's so chunky. Tell them they're real. Um, but we were talking about like if somebody's never experienced a panic attack, thank you. Oh, She's a, I love it so much. So do. But you can't explain a panic attack to somebody um, unless they've experienced one. They're not going to understand. And it's the same thing with depression, um, eating disorders. I can't tell you how many times in like the height of my eating disorder, I heard people be like, well, why don't you just eat? It seems so easy. Right. Not it really. Like, it, it really does seem so easy. Like, just eat. Right. Just do it. I eat all the fucking time. But it's, you it, know, you know, it, I know there's just so many things that unless you struggle with your mental health, you're not going to get it. Mm -hmm. And so there is that, that part about the stigma that it's like, they are trying their hardest, but if they're not struggling with it, they won't understand. Right. And that's where that language comes into though, where you don't say like, oh no, I totally get it. Like, I understand where you're coming from. We've talked about this in a previous episode. Like you can be in the same storm but different boats. Right. So no, same. Yeah. Same storm, different boats. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if you think like there's a lot of people in the world who are diagnosed with depression, but every person experiences depression differently. Mm -hmm. And it depends. They on, have different stressors, different losses. Yep. Different traumas, different brain chemicals, different brain structures. I mean, so you can experience the same diagnosis in a million different ways. There's not one similar you know what i mean right there's nothing cookie cutter about mental health mm -hmm. i watch i i do this thing with my youth they probably hate me for it but i make them watch this has nothing to do with this but there's just a quote in the video so now i have to tell the whole entire story okay um there is a video on youtube called leading with lollipops by drew dudley um or you can just type in lollipop moments um and it's a six it's like a six minute video and it this man talks about lollipop moments, which are moments in which your life is impacted positively or literally changed in a positive way. But the person who did that for you has no idea that they did it. Yeah. And so we watched that video and then I have them write thank you notes to someone who um, provided them with a lollipop moment. But within that video, he says, there is not one world. There are just 7 billion views of it. Yeah. And so that's what reminded me of that. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. So, yeah. Here's some facts. <laughs> Give them to me. So, researchers have identified three different types of stigma. And this is from the American Psychiatric Association. Um, so, the most recent research, the three types of stigma that they've identified is public stigma, self-stigma, and institutional stigma. Um. So public stigma involves the negative or discriminatory attitudes that others have about mental illness. Mm -hmm. So that's like what's portrayed by the media, what's put out in publications, mm -hmm. um, how people in the public talk about mental health. So that's that public stigma. 
Um, self-stigma is the negative attitudes, like internalized shame. So it's, it's the shame that you feel inside for feeling a certain way or having a certain, are you okay? Yeah. The like place where it clamps keeps getting stuck right on the edge of my nosy. And so it really hurts to like twist it. Keep going. Okay. (laughs) It's, it's the shame. It's the shame one feels for, um, having mental health challenges, which I wonder if that's not like. Sorry, it like is really hurting. I wonder if the self stigma isn't increased by public stigma, by like what you hear in the media and how much worse that makes you feel about yourself when you struggle with your mental. I health. think all of these stigmas are besties. I think that this last one is the biggest one. So institutional stigma. This is more systemic. So it's the policies of government and private organizations that either intentionally or unintentionally limit opportunities for people with mental illness. So we go back to the insurance thing there, right? Yeah. Um. When we talk about systemic problems, I think that they are a much bigger root cause to a lot of things than a lot of people recognize. I mean, we're talking about our leaders. We're talking about law enforcement. We're talking about, I mean, any authority position, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. And if there is something wrong, I don't want to say wrong, but if there is a stigma or... (sighs) misperception yes thank you misperception within our leaders and within our um institute what was the institutions institutions systemic systemic um systemic professions um then it's it literally impacts everything we do yeah without without policy change there is no change period Well, and I can't tell you, I've worked in mental health for 13 years now. I can't tell you how many times in a crisis situation, somebody told me, we can't arrest them for being crazy. (laughs) That is that. Oh, you're getting me all fired up now, (laughs) Chelsea. (laughs) That is that stigma. We can't arrest them for being crazy. They're not crazy, though. They are having a a mental health crisis. Yeah, They are in crisis, and we're not asking for an arrest. We're asking for help from our systems. To help stabilize this person. And so, and if we can't count on you to do that, who can we count on? Right, right. So we look at those positions of power and how they internalize mental illness and how they view that. And that's really where that stigma is the most powerful. Mm -hmm. Because if it's stigmatized within the system, it's very hard to take it at a community level and at a personal level and change the view of mental health. Right. And I think that's why as mental health professionals, the biggest part of our job is to advocate and to talk about it. And let's say like, let's have these conversations. We should normalize talking about mental health the way we talk about going to the gym. Right. Because it is such a normal part of the world. Everybody has mental health. What are you doing when you go to the gym? You're working on your mental wellness. You're well, and physical wellness. Well, let's, you go to the gym because a, people have different reasons for going to the gym. Maybe you want to lose weight. You want to look better. You want to be healthier. You want want your heart, you want your heart health to improve. You want you to build muscle mass. That's all good and dandy, but there's a reason behind the desire and the want to go. Right. Mm -hmm. The same goes for mental health. I mean, there's tons of things that go into mental health, but just because we can't see it, whether it be weight loss or muscle gain or whatever. But let's, let's talk about that too. And how that connects to mental health. Exactly. That's a self-confidence thing. Right. And exercise is fantastic for mental health. You know, and I, I, t- I tell a lot of my clients, like, if, ment- if the word mental health scares you, call it mental wellness. Mm-hmm. 
Call it brain health. Call it anything. Name, that, name it. Whatever you want. It doesn't have to be mental anything. Right. Because there there is that stigma. And the biggest part of our job as mental health professionals is to really work on starting those conversations, having those conversations, because nothing changes if nothing changes. Mm-hmm. Like I'm that person that like I'm going to go and talk to someone and be like, look, I'm not going to pretend like mental health doesn't exist. I'm not going to be that professional that's just like, oh, no, you're entitled to your opinion. No, the fuck you're not. I mean, you are, but you're wrong. <laughs> And I'm going to tell you you're wrong. (laughs) And I'm going to tell you why you're wrong and how your stigma towards mental health is actually harming people. Right. So there's a difference, too, within the stigma. There's stereotypes and prejudices. And then there's just, like, outright discrimination. And so I kind of want to go through these, the stereotypes and prejudices in each of the The um, different stigmas, the public, the self, and the institutional. As well as discrimination. Okay. So let's talk about. The public view of stereotypes and prejudices. What do we got? So that would look like people with mental illnesses are dangerous, incompetent. um, They're to blame for their own disorder. Very unpredictable and violent. Yep. And so some of those self stigmas that you might have with the stereotypes and prejudices are, I am dangerous. I'm incompetent. I can't do it. I am to blame for what's happening to me. Right. Which is exactly, I mean, those are, that's the same exact thing that the public one says. So whatever the public is portraying, it's, Wow, maybe they're right. I am this kind of a person. Then we go to institutional, and that one says stereotypes are embodied in laws and other institutions. Which I think that really goes back to the language. Like a lot of the issues that we have, at least here, when we're talking about, I go back to crisis work just because that's what I know best right now. We look at the Nebraska statute. It oh, is seventy-one nine nineteen. It is <laughs> written shit. so vaguely. That there is like every way that that can be interpreted by different people. Mm-hmm. It's so vague and it's so broad. And I'm not saying it was, it was written incorrectly because it probably worked for the time and there was probably a purpose for it to be written like that. But it also helps to stereotype what mental health is because now we have people who can pick and choose who they're going to take care of. Right. Um, so if we go to discrimination, the public form of discrimination looks more like employers may not hire people because of their mental health. Landlords may not rent to them. The healthcare system may offer a lower standard of care. And that actually hits super fucking close to home for me. So I've been going through my dad's stuff. Oh, yeah. And that's been really painful for me. That's that's a mental health awareness month thing that you didn't bring up. <laughs> we can Let's talk about that next week because we got the whole fucking month. And I'm still kind of <laughs> sifting through some of that stuff and I'm still super raw and vulnerable about it. Right. Maybe, um, okay. And on. crying sounds hard. Um, but when we look at lower standard of care, it's so easy to be like, I don't have to offer them as much care because they're not going to know. Like they're not going to remember the standard of care. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to be really frank with you. My dad was offered a lower standard of care because of his mental health and he fucking died because of it. Right. You know, that's what we're looking at here. We're not looking at like, oh, well, they get a lower standard of care because they're a little bit crazy. We're looking at the difference between life and death. I mean, right. if you're focusing on stigma and you are viewing someone with mental health from a stigmatized lens, you're literally looking at the difference between life and death. And we see that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Tell me about this, the self. Um, these thoughts lead to lowered self-esteem, self-efficacy. Um, why should I even try? Someone like me is not worth of worthy of good health. I'm not worth it. Suicidal ideations. Right. Um, so then if we look at the institutional stigma relating to discrimination, a lot of these stereotypes and prejudices within the system are intended an unintended loss of opportunity. I think that's really important because it's fine. I'll be nice. (laughs) 
That's very kind of you. No matter how badly I want to be like, man. Right. Um, <laughs> damn the man, you know? And I'm like, I want to say that, you know, the institutional and systemic issues that are rooting within these power positions are intentional. They are unintentional. And we go back to the, we go back to our roots. We go back generationally and that's just what we know. Look at, look at all the people that are in power right now. They're much, much older. Mm -hmm. Well, and here's what I'll tell you. That's probably why, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I can't, every, every behavior has a reason behind it. That's my favorite thing to tell people. All behavior has a purpose. So if so-and-so is going to be a giant butthole to me and they're like, ugh, institutional systemic, I'm mean, and I want to be like, ah, you're a bad person because you're this, but I need to remember that there's a reason behind your behavior and your belief and your stigma that you're presenting, and I have to recognize that, and it's unintentional, even though I want to believe it's intentional. Yeah. Because it's easier that way. Yeah. Um, so I'm actually looking at some harmful effects of stigma and discrimination. Okay. What's really wild to most people is that individuals with mental health, when they encounter this stigma and this discrimination because of their mental health, their symptoms get worse. Mm-hmm. And this is scientific studies are proving this. We're looking at any of this stigma leads to negative effects on recovery, especially those with more severe mental illnesses. Um, reduced hope, lower self-esteem, increased psychiatric symptoms, difficulties with social relationships, reduced likelihood of staying in treatment, more difficulties at work, um, reluctance to seek that help or treatment, or less likely to stay with treatment, dropping off of their medications, not taking them, social isolation, lack of understanding by others, fewer opportunities, bullying, health insurance issues. Um, And I mean, like, that's kind of the gamut. So let's kind of talk about addressing stigma. What are some ways you address stigma? Talk about it. Wait, wait, wait. Say that again. Talk about it. Have the conversation. It's not a taboo. It shouldn't be a taboo subject. If you saw somebody. Talk about it like it's diabetes. (laughs) Well, I was going to say, if you saw somebody who just had like a massive car accident sitting on the side of the road bleeding everywhere, would you fucking drive by or would you stop and be like, yo, you okay? Mm -hmm. If you saw somebody unconscious and you're trained in CPR, do you just walk by? Right. No, like you stop and you offer help. You offer aid. It's the same thing with mental health. Fuck, if you see somebody crying, just be like, hey, are you okay? Mm -hmm. It's so much easier to walk away because mental health is uncomfortable to talk about. Yeah. Because when you approach somebody who looks like they're not okay, there's a 50% chance they're going to unload on you. Right. And are you in a place to where you're going to listen to them? But it should be so normal to be like, hey, you don't look like you're doing all right. Mm -hmm. Like, do you need somebody to talk to? And even if you can't be that person, you can say like, look, I'm not in a mental space to hear you right now, but let me help you find somebody who can. Right. Let's make some phone calls together. You don't have to be that person that has the conversation, but you have to be willing to help them find somebody who will. Mm-hmm. Competency. Yeah. Continuing to educate yourself and educating the people around you. I mean, you're not going to learn if you don't try. Yeah. So there's a list on psychiatry.org from the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Here are some suggestions on what we can do as individuals. So not professionals. Like I want to take this down to a level that everybody. Yeah, of course. Everybody can help. Because this professional is obviously like, obviously we want to have the conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is just individuals. Here's what you can do to help reduce the stigma of mental illness. The first one, talk 
openly about mental health. Share it on your social media. If you see somebody doing something that's discriminatory, tell them. Because some people just don't know. Mm -hmm. And you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. But don't be afraid to be like, hey, that's a little insulting. Like, maybe let's not talk about that. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, talk openly about it. Um, educating yourself and others, just like we, just like I just, um, mentioned. Yeah. Um, be conscious of language, remind people that words matter. Mm -hmm. The biggest one that I'm going to point out is when you call somebody retarded. Oh man, I can't even begin to, as someone who has someone with special needs in their family, it's just like, every time I hear that word, I cringe. And just, just educate yourself because there was a time where it was socially appropriate. But what Jesus, Lucy, her tummy, her tummy just grumbled. <laughs> she doesn't need to. <laughs> but un- understand that words matter. And what you say to somebody can truly impact them. Like you don't realize the power of your words. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you don't realize it until it's too late. And we've talked about this in previous episodes where we're looking at people who have been cyber bullied mm-hmm. and who took their own lives because of that. Mm-hmm. Your words matter. Mm-hmm. Um, encourage equality. Um, we meant, I mean, we've been talking about this the whole episode between physical and mental health that they're equally as important. Mm -hmm. Show compassion for those with mental health issues. You don't have to be an asshole. Mm -hmm. What was one of my, it was like one of the first episodes and it was like, here's my advice for you. Don't Don't be be a a dick. dick. (laughs) It was, um, Halloween and cultural appropriation. Yeah. Don't be a dick. Be a good fucking human. Right. Seems easy. <laughs> Be honest about treatment. So normalize mental health treatment just like any healthcare treatment. Let's make this super normal, you guys. I go to therapy every week. Mm-hmm. Every week. I go to therapy every week. I'm also on medication. I have mental health issues. Mm-hmm. There you go. There's a very normal conversation. Here's open and honest. Like, mm-hmm. I'm a mental health professional, and I'm going to tell you right now, if I didn't go to therapy, I'd be a hot fucking mess. Right. And that's just part of it. <sighs> Let the media know. Um, so if you see somebody or like you read in a paper that they've presented something in a stigmatizing way, or they presented stories of mental illness in a stigmatizing way, don't be afraid to like leave a review or call the newspaper. If you know them and be like, Hey, this really was super inappropriate. Well, and I would say a, a, approach it in an appropriate way too. Cause no one wants to listen to you if you're all pissed off at them, but right. just share with them. Cause if, if they presented it, they obviously didn't understand the importance or the um, how detrimental it was for people with mental health issues um, to hear it or read it or whatever. And so if you approach it in a way that's like, hey, I understand that you don't get this. Let me educate you and discuss with you why it probably wasn't a good thing to yeah. represent. And we go back to you don't know what you don't know. Right. You can't. Yeah. Choosing empowerment over shame. Um, this says... By Val Fletcher. Val responding Fletcher. on Facebook to the question, how do you fight stigma? So Val says, I fight stigma by choosing to live in an empowered life. To me, that means owning my life and my story and refusing to allow others to dictate how I view myself and feel about myself. Pretty. Beautiful. Um, hold on. Keep talking. I think that's all you have. Um, So I have a couple. What is mental health stigma? And we'll put this on social media. So really what this, what this image is showing, it says prejudice plus discrimination equals stigma. So if you break that down, negative attitudes and negative response in 
makes a person feel unwanted and shamed. Which I, I really like the way they broke that down. Internally and externally. Yeah. And then there's um, another little image on here that we'll share, and it's end the stigma. Stop using labels. Nuts. Psycho. Loner. Violent. Um, oh, God. Confused. Car- disturbed. Weirdo. Lonely. Idiot. Twisted. They're so deranged. Those words. I mean, especially if you're talking to somebody who's struggling with their mental health. Because only, f- and this is a Canadian study. It's the 2020 banana tree log. I don't know what that is, but that's what it is. Um, and on here, their stat that they have is only 50% of Canadians would talk to a friend about their mental health. 68%, wow. yeah, 68% would talk about diabetes and 72% would talk about cancer, but only half of the population that was surveyed would, um, talk to a friend or family member about their mental health. Can I just say also, we're talking about Canada here. Yeah. Like Canada's a very progressive yeah. So that those numbers are kind of alarming to me. Well, and was, if those are the numbers there, what, what do you think the numbers are here? I don't even want to know. But there's some more stats on here. 46% of Canadians thought people use the term mental illness as an excuse for bad behavior. Mm-hmm. So like I have a mental illness. They 46% of Canadians believe that people are using that as an excuse. 42% are, wow. mm-hmm, are unsure whether they would socialize with a friend who has mental illness. And 55% said they would be unlikely to enter a spousal relationship to somebody who has a mental illness. Holy shit. And what I'm going to tell you is the majority of the population could be diagnosed with something. Mm-hmm. I diagnose for a living. And I'll tell you, there's <laughs> huge, like, it's it's huge. Um, So let's talk about what mental health is and isn't. And this is just a cute little thing that um, somebody put on Pinterest. And so do you want to do the back and forth? Sure. Do you want to do is or isn't? Is. Okay, so mental health is? Important. It is not a sign of weakness. It is something everyone has. It is not shameful. It is... Intrinsically. Intrinsically linked to and probably inseparable from (laughs) physical health. It is not all in your mind. It is on a continuum. It is not always something negative. It is worth making time for. It is not something you decide to have. It's something that is part of being human. It is not something to think about only when it feels broken. It is something that we need to look after. It is not an interchangeable term with mental illness. It can be positive and negative. Mental health is not um, feeling good all the time. It is changeable and complex. Mental health is not something you can snap out of or something that can be fixed. And it is real. Not fake news. (laughs) <laughs> love and like you so yeah do you have anything else on stigma i don't think i do i liked this very, i like this too very open conversation that's important to have well and you mentioned something about men and so i just want to throw this out there too when we talk about stigma i feel like men kind of get the short end of the stick here do you see this dreadlock this you see this right there chop it off um, <laughs> but like women are more likely to talk about their mental health. That does not mean that men don't struggle with their mental health. Yeah. There are a lot of men who struggle with their mental health. I really just wanted to boop her. So that little bit, Lucy doesn't give a shit about anything. She doesn't fucking care. Lucy's like, I love Moloff. She's such a good girl. So yeah, you mentioned gender and I just wanted to throw that out there too, that men, men do struggle with their mental health, but they are more stigmatized. Right. Because of traditional they're gender man, roles. They're manly. And yep. they, they can't be seen as weak. Yep. Those traditional gender roles. Men who show emotion are generally more 
likely to be seen as weak or um, not manly or not tough or whatever. So being stoic is perceived traditionally as more manly than Mm -hmm. being in tune. And so there are a lot of men who struggle with that open emotion and vulnerability. So they're less likely to seek treatment. Yeah. There's that. Good. Okay. You ready for the quotes this week? Yes. Okay. Um, So the first one is by Tanya Windiger. And it's very specific to stigma. And what Tanya says is mental health stigma stops people from talking about their internal struggles, which could become much more manageable when you feel listened to without being judged. Mm. Which I, that was so powerful to me because that, that stigma, when it stops somebody from talking about it, like we said, it can exacerbate those symptoms. Mm-hmm. Like if you just had somebody to talk to who would listen to you and not judge you on anything you said, if you could walk in and be like, I fucking hate everybody in the entire world. And they were like, Jesus. Is that what you were just thinking about me? <laughs> no, we just. Oh, God. Now Lucy's having a panic attack, you guys. Um, no, we just had very different responses. I, I looked, I mouthed same. And you said, Jesus. <laughs> and I was like, oh, maybe it should not be a thing. No, I just mean like if, if that's not their response, it's like, okay. Well, tell me why you feel that way. Mm-hmm. Where, where do you think that came from? Mm-hmm. You know, somebody who just wants to listen to understand mm-hmm. where you're coming from. What do you hate about everyone? Yeah. Sometimes I fucking hate everybody too. I hate a lot of people. Maybe we can share people we hate. <laughs> <laughs> Give me connect, the tea. <laughs> let's connect on this. Some juicy gossip. Um, And the other one is unknown, but it's, I like this one. The only thing more exhausting than having a mental illness is pretending that you don't. Oof, and you should not ever have to pretend like you don't. And that's that's stigma in a nutshell. It's like mm-hmm. wearing that mask for the world because it's too shameful for you to be like fucking struggling today. Yeah. That's part of the reason I love where I work right now is I can walk in there and they'll be like, how are you? And I could just start crying. Like I'm fucking struggling. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm surrounded by people that are like, okay, let's talk about it. And if I need to cancel all my sessions, I've got people that are like, let's cancel all your sessions. Like you're not in a place to work today. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how comforting and relieving that is. Like we literally have a fucking, <laughs> I probably shouldn't say this out loud. I might get in trouble, but we have like a group chat that's called Chicks Before Dicks. Mm-hmm. And that it's just so empowering to be in an agency full of people who just build each other up. I think it's funny that you say that because literally yesterday, not yesterday, maybe it was like a few days ago. You're like, oh, I have this going on, but I'll come see you first. Coven before loving. (laughs) (laughs) Coven shit. Coven shit. (laughs) (laughs) It's true, though. Like, so here's my advice to you this week, because I'm in a really advicey mood this Mm -hmm. week for some reason. Um, My friend told me I was saucy today. He's like, you have an attitude. And I'm like, "Eh." so (laughs) you you have those days. Some days you're super saucy. I'm spicy a lot, like. Spice is, I'm just, I put a little more flavor in my. Speaking of flavor, we made schnitzel the other night, Chelsea. Oh my fucking God. Fuck. And me and I are basically chefs now. Oh my God. It was so fucking good. So fucking good. Schnitzel me every day. (laughs) Oh day. Oh day. Okay. I don't, what the fuck was I just going to (laughs) say? I don't know. I got. You started talking about schnitzel and now my mouth is watering. (laughs) All I can think about are snacks. Fuck. Oh my gosh. I think that was a good time to end this. I I enjoyed this episode. I think Me too. This is probably one of our best ones in a while. I think that the open conversation is important. It's important to have, but it's also 
It's it's nice to show people that how easy it is just to fucking talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was going to give some advice. Did you see what I did to my palm tree? Why do you keep ignoring my advice? You don't fucking want it? Did you look at it? I did. <laughs> I'm just going to ignore it. I'm not even going to acknowledge it. Emily, I'll put a picture on fucking social media, but she murdered her palm tree. <laughs> it was pissing me off. All of it was dead, so I ripped it all apart. And I was like... I was like, start a new palm tree. I don't and know so that it can now. Well, I see little tiny leaves poking out the top of it. So I'm hoping sure. that it just. Okay. Oh, like the one little guy. Yeah. Okay. So here's my advice for the week. <laughs> Surround yourself with good people. Yeah. People that you can be open and honest with. And if you're having a bad day, you can walk, to the, walk up to them and be like, I'm fucking struggling. Mm-hmm. People who are going to be like, how are you? And when you say, I'm fine, they're going to be like, are you though? Because you don't seem fine. Mm -hmm. Those are the people you want in your circle. Because the world is full of people who are going to take your surface level fine and walk away because they don't want to know what's deeper. Yeah. So get yourself at least one, if not a whole coven of people who will give you the coven loving. Coven loving. Coven Make shit. sure you water yourself and your coven. Bye. Bye.